So I've been waiting all week to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Actually, several weeks now. How do you okay. feel about Roman Reigns being the new WWE <laughs> Universal <laughs> Champion? I'm speechless. Speechless. You have no opinions about this. <laughs> SummerSlam just happened like two weeks ago and you have no opinions? <laughs> I, I'm, I am in such awe of this reality that I'm speechless. I have no opinion. Wow. Way to take the cop out. Anyway, <laughs> my name is Father Anthony Sharapa. And I'm Father Harrison Ayer. Welcome to Clerically Speaking. Yeah. But I'm going to push you awesome. on this. Okay. Because Canada, okay. yeah. if it exists, <laughs> is a land that has produced many a great professional wrestler. Brett the Hitman Hart. Absolutely. Chris, Chris Jericho. Yes. Deeper cuts for people. Kenny Omega. Kevin Owens. Okay. Just to name a few, and there's more. Yep. And you've got nothing. So, I I, I watched wrestling a bit in high school for mm-hmm. a few years. I actually even went to a pay per view event that was being filmed in Vancouver. Ah, back then. That's when uh, what's his name now? Oh my gosh, the guy with the mask. Um, well, that's a few guys. Ray Mysterio. But, uh, no, he had no. the sock puppet. The sock puppet. Oh, oh, man. You remember who I'm talking about? Mick Foley. Yeah, mankind. He had like the leather mask and the. Um... Yeah, mankind, mankind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mankind, mankind. There you yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I remember those days, and you know, I mean, I know what Undertaker's kind of in and out or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I, I, I remember, I, I remember enjoying it. I just, I don't know. I can't. It was on TV the other day too. I watched it for a bit. And I just, I don't know. I don't get it. One of the things I like to do in my free time, and you will occasionally notice this on my Twitter, is that I enjoy watching professional wrestling because uh-huh. it's one professional. professional it is. Air it's very professional. Could you do it? No. Anyway, none of your <laughs> sass about this. It's one of the few things that's actually more ridiculous than my actual job slash vocation of priesthood. So, okay. Expand. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, it's one of the few things like I can watch and I'll actually like get out of my seat in like excitement for something or actually like mm-hmm. I can just totally lose myself in it. And it's yep. just that's the kind of entertainment that I really appreciate. And uh-huh. it's also like really fun to talk about. And I've, I've got like five maybe wrestling podcasts I listen to during the week as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, um, so you're into I, it. Very much so. Um, Does your brother watch yes, wrestling? Yes, producer Nick also watches wrestling. So if there's a big pay-per-view, we'll get together, we'll watch it, and it's a good time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so how do you feel, though, that you know like, that it's scripted? Uh, it's, well, it's fine. You know what else is scripted? Yeah. Everything? Yeah, Harry Potter's scripted. You know, okay. you know the, the, the ending of that of those movies, that was all fixed. So was Star Wars, yep. right? <laughs> so I have no problem with that. So is check notes this podcast? Yes, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> obviously not. Huh? There you go. Interesting. So, okay, that's that's fair. I still, I don't know. I still can't. I like I said, I I, I watched a little bit of. It was on. T- I was just browsing through the channels a couple week ago or so, and I just noticed it. So I was like, I'll watch this for a bit. Uh, first, I was surprised to see that Kurt Angle is still wrestling. Uh, <clears throat> like he's got to be getting yeah, up he's there. He's still around. But um, I, I don't know. I just didn't find it that entertaining. I don't know. I just, okay. It just didn't grab me. Well, what did you find entertaining with your week, if not professional wrestling? I can't imagine so, anything else interesting happening in your life. None, nothing at all. I, well, I have a few things. Like I, I can't speak of them all at once. But I. Uh, so one of the things I, I I've received a lot since our initial podcasts have dropped. Is that to quote one Twitter Twitter one of our followers that my timber is very similar to Father Mike O'Loughlin's from the esteemed and exalted Catholic stuff you should know. Wow, how does that make you feel? Wow, and I I was like, what? And then I remember I was driving somewhere, and I was you know I like to re-listen to our podcast just to see how how it's going, like to see how we're. We're still getting started with this, etc. So I'll listen to it. It's hard to listen to yourself. It though. is. It's really hard to listen to yourself. But you listen, you suffer through it. And then I, and then their podcast popped on next, and he was on it because I've listened to their podcast for years. 
And I, and I listened to that. And I said to myself, holy smokes, I totally hear it now. Wow. Does that mean you have like generic <laughs> I, priest voice? Is that like what this is? I don't think so. I don't know. Is he Canadian? I, 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 I don't know. No, he's Irish, I think. But he's like Byzantine Catholic too. Oh, right. Yeah. He's one of those. Irish Byzantine. Irish Byzantine. Yeah. The, the That's common. Like odd to me. Irish Byzantine Catholic. Well, and he responded last night on Twitter too. He said that uh, he uh, he's moving to a new rectory. If you listen to their podcast, he's moving to the rectory with one of the other priests from the podcast. And so he says he has to drive all the time to his rec- to his church now. So he says that he's going to be he'll make sure to give our podcast a listen to see if oh. our voices really do sound the well, same. Well, I don't listen to his podcast. So, I only listen to wrestling podcasts and our own podcast. Yeah, because that's how self centered gotcha. I am. Yeah. So, so okay, podcasts. I listen. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. Uh, I do listen a lot to I, one I found a few weeks ago that I've just fallen in love with is a movie podcast called The Substandard, mm-hmm. The Weekly Substandard, and it's brilliant. Um, I have just totally fallen in love with that podcast and look forward to every week uh, for something to come out. And um, it's hilarious. It's it's smart. It's just an awesome podcast. So that's, and then I, I do, I've listened to Catholic stuff for mm-hmm. years. I, I found them when I was a seminarian. I was looking around on iTunes podcasts for just, I was looking up Balthazar, you know. Yeah, you would. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I wonder if anyone's talked about Balthazar. And they had a whole episode on Jesus's descent into hell. Huh. So I was like, hey, this is cool. I'm like, oh, these guys are kind of fun. All right, I'll listen to it. And I've listened to it pretty much. I think I've listened to all their episodes now. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they yeah. sound like a bunch of nerds. Anyway, so we're really excited nerds. this this week and next week because we're going to mm-hmm. test out our new, I don't know what we call them, bumpers or intros. Yeah. Bumpers. Right? Sure. We're, we're really entering the big leagues with this with this part. Yes. So, are, are you yes. ready, Father Harrison? I all think right. so. Uh, I'm just, just centering Center. Okay. Okay, everybody get ready. Because now we're about to enter into the Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Let's look up some tweets we're going to talk about. Yeah. All right. Um, the first one I want to I want to bring up. I thought it was just a it was just a really cool tweet from one of our good friends, Father uh, Timothy Grumbach. Oh yes, Tim. Father yes. Tim, good priest friend okay. of ours. Uh, I was I just I was just hanging out with him last week in L.A. So he says this. Making the transition between baptizing three infants into the body of Christ to now pulling up to the cemetery mortuary for the funeral mass of a man I anointed last week. The sacraments are keeping the church alive and real. I thought this is this is a tweet that just shows what priestly life is all about in a nutshell. Yeah, I agree. Um, and there's not like... It's not like every day we do a baptism, we do a funeral, we do a wedding. Like, mm-hmm. I guess it's possible. Mm-hmm. Probably not, but it's possible. <laughs> but you do have to, like, transition, yeah. like, quickly yep. and intensely a yep. lot of the time. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's, and you have to be kind of – and it's hard. Those first those first few years of priesthood, you're just getting used – like, you know, for me now, I've memorized most of the formulas for the sacraments. Mm-hmm. But in the early days, you know, I needed to have my phone with me at all times to get my formulas for like anointings or for confession. I had the piece of paper in yeah. front of me for like for a long time, yeah. uh, you know, and you're just like, I don't want to screw up these words because these words are really important. Yeah, <laughs> no, they are. It's like this is my one right. job is to say the words and, right. <laughs> yeah. And to have this and to have the stuff mm-hmm. with you. I just a few weeks ago, actually, I went to anoint someone and I brought I have a bunch of oil stocks up here. So I bring my oil stock. I go to the care home. I start the anointing ritual. 
I lay my hands on their heads. I open up my oil container. There's no oil. Oh, no. There is no like, oil. No, like bone dry in there? So, none. Bone dry. I, I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Someone must have cleaned it or something. I don't know. I was like, I don't know what to do. So I went to the kitchen, and I said, do you guys have any olive oil? <laughs> and they said, yes, we do. I said, great right. can i have a little bit <laughs> and so yes because while the bishop is the normal consecrator for oils in places of emergency the priest has powers to consecrate these oils for use for the sacraments so that's what i did see the church is and, so loving and caring that it knows that father yeah. harrison is going to totally just forget his oil one day exactly right? and it'll still be mm. cool yes absolutely so yeah so but yeah it's it, you know it, it's Priests' lives, yeah, and it's, or it's transitioning from we got interview, we say mass, then you go to hear some interviews, then you have to go visit a sick person, then you go to a family's house for dinner, then you sit back at home and watch TV for an hour, then you got to go pray or whatever. Like, it's just no day is the same. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Right? Like, Father Tim will probably never have a day like that yeah. again. It'll be different. Mm. It'll, it's always different, but you just have to, you have, this is why seminaries are so. They want to see how malleable you are, not to see if you're like a puppet, but it's more to see, can you adapt? Yeah. Yeah. And also like what you said about, so I'm only ordained two years. You're ordained how many years now? Just three, three and, and a half. half. So you are the senior yeah. wise holy priest on the podcast. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm a pastor, so I have more canonical powers it's, than you. It's, yes, I just bow before your great majesty. But um, <laughs> I don't know, like, like your experience of like your first year. But my first year, I didn't even realize this until recently, but really, my entire first year, I was just panicking 24-7. Like, outwardly, yeah. I was pastoral, you know, God gave me the grace, but inwardly, just just pure panic. So, like, one of the things yeah. that happens when you become a priest is, <laughs> at least in my experience, everyone just treats you like a priest, like, right off the yep. bat, which is really beautiful. Like, they trust you. They'll go to your confession mm -hmm. right away. And there's people that had to, you know, I had to do a wedding the first week I was at the parish, which is wonderful. But, like, you know what to do, or at least you know the books that tell you what to do, but you've never done it before. Yep. And you're like, exactly. oh, my goodness, I guess we'll just give this a try and hope it works. And it does. And it yep. Does. Yep. yep, and it does. And, and that people, um, because you're, you're a priest, they figure you have it all figured out right yeah. away. yeah. It's like, nope. Nope, super no. <laughs> uh, like, I'm going to say something awkward and dumb in front of you. I'm going to try yeah. to be nice. But you get better at it, and it works out. And you, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like, again, it's like hearing confessions and stuff. Initially, you don't know what to say to a certain sin sometimes oh. or whatever. But over time, if you, after you hear certain sins more and more or whatever, you learn how to give an address to it. Because it tells you, okay, I got to go read up on this. Or I need to get a priest's advice on, on how to offer advice for these things or whatever. And it, it just, it, it's... Just like marriage, it takes some learning, and everyone freaks out for the first while because they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, but it still works, and it's yeah. all good. Well, speaking of the yeah. sacraments, this was um, yes. a couple of tweets, and it's from a guy who has his um, account locked. So I said I wouldn't say his name, but uh, just kind okay. of shared this experience he had at the mass, where during the mass, in those like kind of in between moments, he was praying the rosary, and. And right. he, you know, his experience of it was he was able to focus more and he felt more prayerful and he felt like, you know, good about it. And it just helped him focus on the mass as he was praying the rosary at the beginning, you know, in these all these kind of like, in between spots. And I got into like a big fight with him, not a fight, but like a conversation with him and a few other guys about this. And because my gut reaction to that being the novice ordo priest that I am. Which is still a which Heritage. is which is still a real priest. I'm still a real priest. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so like my gut reaction so, was like super no, but then yeah. the more we talked about, it, I was like maybe yes, but I still feel like it's no. Hmm. So what was right? I, I was kind of like torn, but like my gut still says you shouldn't be praying an entire rosary during mass. What do you think? What do you yeah. think? I would completely and totally agree, especially when you read stuff like Sacrosanctum Concilium from Vatican II. Uh, it's uh, the mass. Okay. We hear the trope, right? Full, uh, full and active participation, right? The, that you need to be fully there. Uh, and not this, it's not like this activism in the mass, but that this is an exercise of the whole body of the church, which 
is you, the baptized people, and me as the priest. We have different roles, but we all this is a we are all there offering the sacrifice as the mm -hmm. church. I offer it definitively, and then I lift up the whole people who are with me into that sacrifice, offering it up with them. So that requires your full spiritual offering of yourself the whole mm -hmm. time. And doing things like the rosary, which are not bad, um, I think distracts and brings a devotion that has no connection to the Mass in that sense. In fact, the Vatican actually released a document about devotions and really discouraged the idea of, of extra devotions during the Mass for these reasons. I'm, I mean, I, I hear what people are saying, but it's like, it's too subjective. Yeah. No, I hear you. I kind of agree with that. But um, just to push yeah. back a little bit, because they were making some points here. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of, like, devotional stuff that people do during the Mass. Like, uh, I mean, I still even do this kind of mentally after the consecration, saying, yeah. my Lord, my God, three yeah. times. Or yep. um, bringing up, like, during that time after communion, um, saying right. something like the... Um, uh, the Anima Christi, which is a lovely little prayer. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. is active participation, does that really mean that I have to sing this Marty Hoggins song after I receive communion? <laughs> like, that's what it means to be a part of this liturgy? So, like, those points, I was like, oh, I kind of empathize with that as well. We, we all know that Marty Hoggins music it requires active um, revolution. Active revolution. An active revolution. I don't know. Revolution, exactly. <laughs> flip the tables, flip the pews when you hear it. Uh, no, please don't do that, guys. <laughs> it would be... It, yeah, don't. We're, we're joking. It would be we're super joking. awkward, and joking. I would cry. I wouldn't yeah. know what to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I hear that, but those those are... On a different level, um, I have little. Uh, I have little prayers I say t as well when I'm offering the Eucharistic sacrifice at the points where there is a silence that allows for it, that I think are appropriate moments of minor personal devotion. Yeah, I think that's the key. And right, I think that's the key. It's it's and the church, but the church actually like it even says in the rubrics after receiving communion this is essentially a time of personal devotion but it's like the only time in the liturgy that's really kind of set aside as personal devotion because once you've received communion i mean we know this right receive communion hear closing prayer you're gone uh it's it's we've called the mass has culminated in what it's supposed to do so i i get what they're saying but this is an accretion that i think the council really tried not maybe not directly with the rosary per se, but it's an accretion that doesn't make sense according to the liturgical tradition of the church. And we've been fighting. I, I get where people, I don't know. I, well, I know, sorry, not, I don't know. I just, I want to imagine if everybody who was at mass actually was really submitting themselves to the prayers, internalizing them themselves, uniting themselves with the sacrifice. Uh, imagine what a mass like that would yeah. be like. And that is work and that is sacrifice. Yep. And many of us yeah. need to rebuild a habit of that because we're used to mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, some of us are used to being bored by the homily and annoyed by yep. the tone of the priest or whatever else, a thousand things. But I think part yep. of what that sacrifice of the liturgy is, is sacrificing a bit of our personal devotion. And on top of everything else, you know, we have a podcast and this guy doesn't. So that means that we're right. Right, exactly. exactly. So. And and we're priests, he's yeah, not. So that's uh that's that's so, how it works. Oh there you go. Yep. That's how it yep. works, sorry. Yep. I don't write the rules, so, Jesus does. Yeah. So for my, my second one, <laughs> I just I just love this tweet. I just love this tweet. Uh just for, for this is a very Twitter tweet though. Ice T. Ice T. He says Ice T, the rapper slash star of Law and Order Special yes. Victims Unit says no diss. Please explain to me what's drill. Oh, wow. We're doing deep cuts of Twitter now. Yeah, we're going deep into Twitter. I'm not a big... Like, honestly, I don't really get drill. However, I just thought that this is like such a meta tweet in so many ways that... Uh, because someone was saying that Ice-T is drill. Okay, so we need uh, to take a step back. Yes. Can okay. you... Can no. anyone explain what the Twitter account of drill is? Like mean? who? What is this account for people who might not be as on the Twitters? This is what I'm trying to understand, and some people have tried to explain it to me, and I still haven't been satisfied by the answer. That he's just very, he's using Twitter as an art form to 
uh, shout tweets at um, that are I, I just I find them obscure. There's there's no context for them, so I don't understand the joking behind them. Mm-hmm. So personally, I actually don't get drill, but I know who he is, and I just found it really funny that Ice T commented on it. Right, but. and and we are not endorsing so. his uh, account either. We don't if you, yeah no. So don't feel like you need to read all the tweets from drill. <laughs> ta- ta- tags tags don't inque- it, it mean exactly <laughs> but the fact that ice t is asking this like twitter question on the twitter mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. got very meta very deep into the internet it does and and ice t's kind of if you ever see some of his tweets it's got a very drill feel to it yes so that's what i kind of liked about yes. it I, I don't know i just found it I just wanted to mention it because I thought this is funny. It is. And this is brilliant. <laughs> and this is great. And that's really, there's no more deep thing with it. I still don't get drill. And I'm sure we're going to hear from people about why drill's great. But still, I I just wanted to bring it up because I thought yeah, it was Yeah, definitely funny. let us know your opinions on drill. <laughs> Send us uh, tweets at, uh, at clericalbot for that stuff or leave comments. That's right. Um, let's see. I saw another one here that I wanted to. Oh, this is a good one. Um, so this is at Ignatius under h2 um he says priest said that my confession was very nicely done and well put and it's like well yeah i'm a very bad person i've had lots of practice so yeah this is the thing like i'm i think a lot of priests do like after we hear a confession we say something like you know good confession or i personally say you know praise god for your good and honest confession if I think it was a good and honest confession, right? Exactly. <laughs> but like his idea yeah. is like, why would you say that? Why would you say I'm like good at sinning? What's what's going on there? Yeah, <laughs> I I thought I, I understand where he's coming from with it. I I I say that sometimes too because I'll say you know you did a really good job. Not because well, first priests say this sometimes because maybe we don't hear these type of confessions enough yeah. where you've been thorough and honest and you haven't excused like you know you have people well i did this but my husband was like this this week and blah 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 they they confess the sins of whoever else but not really their sins like there's a whole gamut of stuff that make it not a great confession so when someone comes in with an open and exposed heart and says this is honestly and truly what happened i'm going to be as thorough as possible here it is when you're a priest your heart sings at Mm -hmm. that absolutely i agree and and it's a way to encourage to say we're not saying you're good at sinning we're saying that you you're good at examining your conscience and you need to know that because the other thing is when people are very detailed I, my experience is they tend to be a little tough on themselves yeah. and they need to know some words of encouragement mm-hmm. as well not always the yeah. case you know i'm not saying he's a he's tough on himself i don't know i'm just saying that that's my experience at least so that's i think it's an important i i really i thought it was an interesting tweet though it raises some really kind of important questions about that yeah so i do it for a couple of reasons um yeah. sometimes uh i learned this early on because people would confess to me and then i would try to like meditate on what they had said and like listen mm-hmm. to the holy spirit which is all good stuff but on a practical level it means it meant that this person like you know told me all their sins and they just hear this silence from the priest yeah. and they start freaking out. So sometimes <laughs> you're just saying something like that to let them know like, I have heard you and it is okay. Yeah. I am not going to yell at you. But most of the time it is because of what- Wait, 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 what, you don't yell at people? I didn't, you know what, in the confessional I don't. I yell at people, really? yeah, I yell at people on Twitter. I yell at people um, from the pulpit in general, not specific people, but yeah. in the confessional. You yell at your brother. I yell at my brother, I yell at you. As we get ready to set yep. up the podcast, but in the confessional, yeah. yelling is illegal. There is no yelling in the Amen. confessional. And if you've insert siren emojis. exactly insert the siren emojis, and if any of you have ever been yelled at by a priest, that was a stupid bad thing that that priest did. You don't deserve to get yelled at. Have you been? Have you been yelled at yes. by a priest? Several times. What was your? What did? Wait, Several oh, times. Yeah. How did you, how did you feel afterwards? Well, you're like it's uh, so your initial feeling when the priest yells at you in the confessional, like you're going to there to confess your sins. So you feel like, oh, I deserve this, right? Like my right. my initial thing is to like just beat myself up, and now that the priest mm-hmm. is also beating me up in the confessional, you know, in a metaphorical sort of way, like I I would take that all on myself. And hmm. but the thing is, like 
no good fruit ever came of that in my own life. Like, yeah. I was either too afraid yeah. to go to confession or I became more scrupulous. You know, scrupulosity is something that yeah. I deal with as well on you know, a certain mm-hmm. level. Um, so it never any good, like, there have been good priests who have been, like, firm with me, you know, as far mm-hmm. as, like, saying, hey, get your act together. But never, like, this kind of yelling. And uh, yeah. I just don't think that's effective. How about you? Have you been yelling yeah, at the confessional? Once, once, um, it was, it was, I can't remember where I was, but it wasn't my diocese. I was traveling somewhere and the only place that I could get confession, I hate this, you know, well, it was a, it was a traditional parish, like a traditional Latin mass yeah. parish. And I went to confession and the priest just tore a strip off me. And like, I'm like, I'm hoping people outside like you walk out with your head hanging low because you're like, did people hear Oh that? Yeah. You know, like, like I was, I was taken aback by it and I did not, from what I hear, he's like this to most people who go to confession mm. and I'm like, are people masochists? Right. Why would uh, you do this to yourself? Why would you do this to yourself? Right. Thank God you get absolution and, and, and that's all that matters. But I walked out of that because I was, I, w- uh, I walked out of that and I said to myself, if God willing, I become a priest, I will never be exactly. like that. Same. Ever. You need, you're right. Like we need to be hard. We need to be firm. And I am firm sometimes with people who struggle with things. If I've heard their confessions enough and I not seeing them take any step, concrete steps to work on things, you got to be tough sometimes, but it's out of love and to let them know like I'm being tough, not because I think you're a horrible person, but it's just, everybody needs a little bit of tough love sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'm doing it out of love because I want to see you. I know you want victory and I want victory for exactly. you. Exactly. So, you know, but it's, Amen. So yeah, we could talk about that. We for could. Hours. Confession is fun <laughs> yes. to talk about because you can't really talk about it. It is fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But in general, we're speaking about these things. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. We're always speaking. In so that. But we can talk about all we want about what we what we've received in confession as. Oh, that's also true. Yes, because we do go to confession. Yes. That's incredibly important for a priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to go every three to four weeks. Nice. Myself. Yeah, I have a spiritual director I see once a month. That's when I go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that has been. Summa tweeted Logica, and we'll give you a few hints here. A good way not to appear on Summa tweeted Logica is to ask to appear. Come on, guys. You're adults. (laughs) Just show up. Just bring your A game. Bring your A tweets. And if we see them, we see them. Write better tweets. Write better tweets. You also have to remember, too, we both have a lot of followers on Twitter. Because we're real popular. And we're super popular. Uh so it's hard sometimes to pay attention to everything. But, you know, sometimes some people say, oh, my gosh, this is a great tweet. If someone DMs it to me, you know, I'll, I'll look, oh, yeah, look that's at fair. it and stuff like that, too. And so like, that's not my that's problem fair. Like, is, like, we, might not, we might not always know. Yeah. My problem is, like, yeah. a lot of these tweets have been chosen by Father Harrison because I pretty much only think that my tweets are interesting. So, See, well, I'm a humble person yeah. and think that actually people have things of interest to say beyond just us, us you know. Yeah, so. that's why I leave that part to mostly to you. But anyway, there we go. <laughs> I probably on Twitter a bit more than Father Anthony too. So, well, oof. so we're, I don't know. <laughs> so now, <laughs> who knows? I hope you. We'll find I hope out you really eternity. enjoyed uh, that part. So now we've got another new bumper slash intro. Uh, what are we calling this section? What did we decide on this? I oh uh, 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 presbyteral exhortations. Ah uh, yes. Are you ready for presbyteral or? Uh, <laughs> do it again. Pres- so you- for this to happen, yes. he needs to be able to pronounce yes, it. It is true. Presbyteral exhortations. Are you ready? There you go. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit All right. it. All right. And now it is time for presbyteral exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good. Quite good. Indubitably. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet they can't wait to learn. They're going to learn so much. It's my favorite part. Oh, it's the best part. <laughs> Yes, yes, quite. Yes, right. Father Harrison, I have a question for you. Shoot. Why are Jesuits so fun to make fun of? Do you want my real answer? Or no, I want you to lie you to me, Father. Lie to me and all these my, good people. Do you want my do you want my filtered answer? I mean, I have no idea. I want the truth. I can handle the truth. Why are Jesuits just so fun to make fun of? Father James Burton. Oh, wow, you really went there. Good for you. <laughs> Excellent. I, I will say yes. this. I, I just got to say this quickly, though, because 
I actually know some really good Jesuits mm-hmm. too. I think the reason they're so easy to rag on because it's just some guys I feel get away from the charism of the mm. order and they don't give a good name to the more anonymous guys who are in the background who are doing good work day in and day out who who really serve the church in a beautiful and loving yes. way. I think sometimes when you become so educated, you can almost educate yourself out of like the core of the faith. I think the times that happens to our Jesuit brothers, exactly. which is a shame. Uh, and we're just, we're painting with very broad strokes here. Uh, but in real life, Jesuit spirituality is kind of the best. Do you, yeah. Would you agree that Jesuit spirituality is kind of I, the best? I would totally agree. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about St. Ignatius and discernment of spirits, which I think is incredibly helpful because, guys, a lot of us, we use spiritual terms, but I feel like we use them poorly. We kind of use them in the same way we use terms like begging the question. like Or as you use English. Right. So, what? Oh, as <laughs> I use English? Yes, yes. Yes, I was poking fun at well, you. Well, I'm just going to ignore you and keep talking because I have okay. no time for your Canadian <laughs> sass, all right? So. But I thought Canada wasn't a real Canada country. Canada isn't a real country. <laughs> so then how can I have Canadian sass? You know what? You bring up some good points that I'm going to ignore. <laughs> okay. So, a lot of times we use terms like, uh, what's a really good one? Um, uh, the dark night of the soul, right? Sometimes we feel like we have the dark night of the soul when really what we have is low blood sugar or like we just haven't had like our caffeine for the day or whatever. And sometimes it's more serious. Like we're like, or we've been spiritually lazy or like we're clinically depressed or whatever else. But it's important that these terms once is your phone ringing. It is. Do you hear that? Yes. This is this is why I put my phone on night mode during. The well, podcast. it's the computer. I don't know how any of this works. I'm not actually very smart. So okay. uh, let's see. Let's pick this up. <laughs> at uh, it's important to use spiritual terms as they are meant to be, um, because once we start to like actually understand these sort of things, it can actually bring a lot of freedom. So we're gonna take a step back and talk about the founder of the Society of Jesus, Saint Ignatius of Loyola, who is one of my all-time favorite saints. Yeah, he's yeah. mine too. I'm right. So he's there. born what in the like 1500s, and he's a bit of a soldier. He's an upper class kind of dude, not like super upper class, but he's up there. Um, he gets into duels. He's a soldier, and he's aware of Christianity and all that stuff. Anyway, one fateful day, the French, as they are wont to do, are attacking Spain. Right, and. This town that Ignatius is in is they're just going to give up because there's no point in taking on this mm-hmm. full army. But Ignatius, he's a really charismatic guy. So he's like, guys, come on. Let's mount a defense. Let's get some worldly glory. Let's do this. And because he's such a hype mm-hmm. man, everyone's like, all right, let's do it. Well, very early on in the battle, a cannonball is fired sort of in between Ignatius's legs, but it breaks like both of his legs. He falls down. Right. Immediately, the town surrenders because their hype man is down. They've lost all confidence. But the French were, like, really impressed with Ignatius. So they're like, okay, we'll send you home to go get better. While he's home, his one leg completely shattered. He's convalescing. Now, because of he, was, he was bumping around in the cart headed home, his leg wasn't set well. So his bone was kind of, like, sticking out a little bit. And this was a problem for our good friend Iggy because this meant he couldn't wear the fashionable boots of the time. And Ignatius is a very fashionable guy. So he goes to the doctors, he doesn't go to them, he says, doctors, break my leg again and set it the right way. So this is kind of the intensity of the person we're dealing with. He's like, break my leg again so I can wear cool boots. Anyway, during all this time, he wants something to pass the time. He does not have Twitter. It's very sad. No Netflix. I don't know. I don't know how he's I don't know either. So this is, a, this is the terrible time he lived in. He's like, can you give me some books on like chivalry and knighthood and fun stuff? He wanted like some Game of Thrones kind of stuff. But they're like, no, all we have is books on the life of Christ and uh, life of the saints. So he's like, fine, I'll read those. So he began to kind of 
like these things. Like he would think about what would I do if I wanted to be like Francis or Dominic? Like, could I do those sort of things? And those ideas would really give him uh, pleasure. He would be like interested in that. It would make him feel good. Other times he would think about winning wars and wooing ladies. This would also make him feel good thinking about these things. And he would think about these things for hours because he was stuck in the bed, right? But he realized something one day that after he was done thinking about those holy things, he just kind of felt this general sense of peace. After he was done thinking about these worldly things, he felt kind of just discontent or kind of just down. And it was at that moment his eyes were opened a little bit. He began to see the difference between meditating on these two separate things. So this experience of St. Ignatius, bringing his intellect into his feelings and experiences, began this thing that we call now today discernment of spirits. So that's what we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. discernment of spirits. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, awesome. Father Harrison, what's your uh, experience with discernment of spirits? So I also am a huge fanboy of St. Ignatius. Mm-hmm. I actually, even while I was in seminary, I kept on thinking, should I become a Jesuit? Should I become Whoa. a Jesuit? Because I've, I've, well, there's two reasons. Their intellectual formation really attracted me. And I really love Ignatian spirituality. Um, and I found, so I find that uh, the discernment of spirits are incredibly helpful, especially with big decisions in life and everything, but also with figuring out how my day-to-day life, am I growing closer to the Lord or am I growing away from him? Both of these are are ways that the um, discernment of spirits really helps. I've I've even, I helped um, lead a uh, eight-day spiritual exercises here in my parish for young people who were thinking about religious life and priesthood. And so you're going through the exercises and everything's about discernment of spirits. How are you feeling? What, what, what are your emotions like? And what's the lasting effect afterwards a- after you've gone through these meditations? To see? And it was really beautiful to see as you're guiding people through that, the Lord's working through them and to see the election that God is asking or not asking of them. To the point, like I, like one of the people I directed, she's now, you know, she's looking at, uh, religious life the other person's ready to get married and, and it's really good stuff right and that's the whole point of it is to help come to a discernment of things and to see is this the work of god or is this not the work of me or the evil spirits yes. so we're going to give you kind of a crash course the best we can in discernment of spirits i think even mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit of knowledge of this is incredibly yep. helpful it goes a long way yeah so totally. If you're listening to this podcast, if you are in general, you know, going to mass, trying to be prayerful, right? You fall into this rule of you're you're moving towards God. So I think that's probably most people. Um, so if you're genuinely trying to get closer to God, this is how things are going to work for you. There is what we like to call the good spirit and the bad spirit. Mm-hmm. Or what about the medium the spirit? medium spirit? There is a medium spirit. I think yeah. there's sometimes when you're just like, I don't know, doing nothing, and that's the medium <laughs> right. spirit. But let's talk about the good spirit and the bad <laughs> okay. spirit, okay? Okay, sorry. And it's kind of like an all-encompassing <laughs> term, right? So the bad spirit yeah. or the enemy is can be you know just your own fallen nature, your own bad habits. It can be yeah. the devil. It can be one of his demons. But it's just in general bad. Right, so it's an all-encompassing term for any of those things. Yeah, can I just quickly jump Please in do. with that before yeah. you go? To, sorry, I that is huge because so many people will say, "Oh, you know, I got tempted with this again. The devil's after me." Well, yeah, but sometimes not in a direct way. Sometimes it's just because you've weakened yourself so much that you can't fight this. It's the devil's not the number one guy there. He's he's listen. He's behind all right. sin. So in one sense, it is him, but. If you over-spiritualize the evil spirit to the point where you always just think it's the devil, you're never going to take serious responsibility for your own sin. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. And just by saying okay. the, the bad spirit or the evil spirit, you're not giving the devil the attention he wants because he wants exactly. you to be obsessed exactly. with him. Right? So this is yeah. a good handy term. Yeah. That's the bad spirit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The good spirit is the opposite. This is, first and foremost, you know, God working in your life, grace. It's the Holy Spirit. It's um, these good habits you've built up. It's the influence of your guardian angel or your patron saints. This is good, okay? 
So a good kind of general rule is the bad spirit is bad, you reject it. The good spirit is good, you accept it. And it sounds simple, but it's, it's really important, okay? <laughs> Father Harrison, have you ever just felt super dry in prayer? Yes. Have you ever felt Lots of times. just kind of discouraged or thinking about all these reasons why you can't be holy because look at all the times you fell before and you're just lazy and you're no good and this feeling it's gonna last let's be honest it's gonna last forever the spiritual life is always gonna be a drag for you isn't it father harrison honestly i've never had quite that feeling per se well i was was being very dramatic but yeah i know i know (laughs) but i know no i know but i know what you're getting at i know what you're getting at but i have had times where you're just like where and I, i and it's always interesting there are always times closest to grace uh where I want to run away. Yeah. And and uh, and I and I, that's where I find the evil spirits really worked at my life is whenever you ever and that's usually a sign actually it's like oh well actually maybe I'm going the right way, uh, but I, yeah I mean you know when you're trying to maybe when you're trying to work through some sins he really likes to throw the the words of accusation at you right so or the evil spirit accuses you in whatever way, so yeah you definitely have those oh yeah you get those all yeah. the time so that in general is called the spirit of desolation. When you're feeling desolate. And let's use a little bit of St. Ignatius' words right now. So, when you're feeling unquiet from different agitations or temptations, you're lacking confidence, you are without hope, you're without love. When you find yourself lazy or tepid or sad, and it feels as if you're separated from your creator, that's an experience of spiritual desolation. And if you've been practicing the spiritual life for any amount of time you felt something like that and it is no Mm -hmm. fun and it can be at times even like overwhelming that's what we call Mm -hmm. the spirit of desolation the spirit of desolation never comes from god right exactly god is never giving you this right on a certain sense he's allowing it but that's important to keep in mind okay so those feelings they're not coming from God. If they're not coming from God, right. they're coming from the bad spirits. And what we said earlier right. was, if it's coming from the bad spirit, you should reject it. Okay, so keep that in mind. That's yeah. the spirit of desolation. Okay, the opposite of that is the spirit of consolation, spiritual consolation. And let's use Ignatius' words here. He says, I call it consolation when some interior movement of your soul is caused, when you are inflamed with the love of God, when no thing on the earth feels as important as God, when you're moved to tears out of your own sin or because you're amazed by the love of God, um, every increase in hope, faith, and charity, interior joy, these are all things which are the spirit of, these, this, all these things are spiritual consolation. So let's say you've gone on retreat and you just feel at peace and you're like you know what i really can be a saint or maybe you go to some sort of um uh charismatic sort of deal or praise and worship a lot of times that can be a spiritual constellation so these things are coming from god and they're good they're like the thing that you kind of want in prayer right this is kind of what like we're going mm-hmm. for what we're looking for in prayer okay yeah okay so you got constellation desolation and even as I'm saying these things, I'm guessing you're like thinking of times when you felt this way. Right. Now, consolation is pretty easy, right? It feels good. Accept it. It's from God. Praise God. Lovely. Yep. Let's talk about the tough yep. stuff. Let's talk about desolation. Father okay. Harrison, what should you do when you're feeling a spirit of desolation? When you're feeling like God isn't listening to you, when you feel discouraged, what do you do? I should give up give up and just like all right i tried very hard to be a christian peace i'm out uh, love only is when it feels yes good. yeah love is just just, just totally feel good. totally right it just feels good man all right that's a podcast good. let's wrap it let's no, wrap honestly it yeah thanks yep, yep. there you go that's speaking. the advice uh, have a good one yeah thanks for listening everyone uh no i i work very hard to ask god for the grace to just do what i need to do today to grow closer to him even though i don't feel like it amen and that's good. That's kind of leading into maybe the most important rule 
It's rule number five. And the rule is this. In time of desolation, when you're feeling these sort of things, do not make a change. This is important. What do I mean by do not make a change? So let's say you like praying the rosary every day uh, as you're driving to work, but you're feeling desolate. You're like, does this even mean anything? Do not make a change. Pray the rosary anyway, yeah. even though it's going to be painful, <laughs> even though it's going to feel yeah. no good, do it anyway. This is the best way you can work against this spirit of desolation. So when I was just going to seminary, a very holy sister who I know who's now deceased said to me, Harrison, never leave the seminary in February. I said, what? <laughs> she goes, never leave the seminary in February. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, in February, it's Valentine's Day, so you're going to see people sh- showering love on each other, and you're going to maybe, that's a, you're a human, you're going to desire mm-hmm. that. So that's one reason. It's the darkest time of the year. It's the rainiest time of the year. It's the, the time of year with the worst red- weather. It's the worst time of the year to ever make a decision. Don't leave the seminary in January. Or February, I mean. And she, what? she was right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, it was because I, I still haven't forgotten that. And I mean, it, it obviously plays into other things, but, um, it, you know, because there are, hey, when you're in seminary, you there are days you're just like, get me the heck out of here. Exactly. And those are the worst times to make a decision. Yes. Yeah. Never make a change. Yeah. So like the little prayer practices and especially those big practices, because sometimes that's what you want to mm-hmm. do. Like I remember when I was having trouble mm-hmm. in the seminary, I began to imagine how good it would be to just, let's, I'm just going to go be a Franciscan or I'm going to go be uh, whatever else. And not that those things are bad. A Jesuit? I I would maybe even think about being a Jesuit, right? (laughs) But that's not a time to make a change, okay? Right. What do you do? Okay, first of all, you don't make changes. So you keep to your good prayer practices that normally work for you. And it's a pain in the butt and you won't want to do it, but just do it. This is you know, good old Catholic mm-hmm. advice. Just go for it, okay? Keep doing what you normally would do. But there's things you can work against it, okay? So, mm-hmm. uh, well, let's, let's talk about this. Why do we feel this way? Why does God allow us to feel desolate? desolate? And it's for a yeah. few reasons. Yeah. One is because, and this is most common for me, and Father Harrison, you can tell me if it's common for you or not, but the number one reason mm-hmm. is because we've kind of slacked in our prayer life. Like yep. we've just stopped praying the way we normally pray. And then because yep. we let that go, all of a sudden prayer just becomes more and more difficult. Bleh. Have you experienced that? Yep. yep. Yeah. Totally. 100%. And then you try to build up the habit again. and It's, it's tough. tough. It is. So why does that happen? It happens because, you know, if we're going, if we're going to sort of stop going to God, then God's going to remove the feeling of his presence from us because he wants right. us to know that like, it would actually be a great and terrible evil for God to make you feel good all the time. Like if, especially when you're in exactly serious sin. when you're sinning and not praying and those are two different things, but they're both important. Like if God would make you feel good during those times, it would be like him, like yeah. tricking you into hell basically. But instead he, yeah, exactly. he removes that. So like, you know, something is wrong here. So exactly. for most exactly. of us, that's the reason, but there are other reasons. Sometimes God does this. He removes the feeling of his presence because he never removes his actual presence. He removes that Mm -hmm. feeling to remind us that we should really be in love with God because God is God. Right? Yeah. You know? Yes. God is not just his gifts. You know, God is not this like um, gumball machine or um, he is not uh, this video game. He's not this. He's a person that you should be in relationship with. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I think this is where marriage is such a great analogy in all of this, right? Because I always say to people, you know, remember, God's love generally is also mediated to us through human beings. So if that's the case, then how do we experience love with others is going to tell us something about how we are meant to experience love with God. So when you've been married for 25 years, you don't feel good all the time when you're with someone. In fact, you might feel pretty junky sometimes with someone. When you live with someone for 25 years, you're going to rub up against each other in different ways, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to create friction. Um, so I always say, like, we have, but do you, do you leave them? Do you stop saying you love them? 
do you stop doing good things for them in those moments? And every married couple who's had success will tell me, well, no, I love them. Mm-hmm. And I always say to them, well, then why don't you do this for God? Amen. Yeah. If it's, if it's so natural for you to do this for your wife or your husband or your children, why is this so difficult for you to do for God? Yeah. And that leans into another reason. So one of the reasons is because mm-hmm. we've either started sinning a whole bunch or we've neglected our prayer practices. Another reason is to make sure that mm-hmm. we don't love God just for his gifts, just for the good feelings. Right. And another reason, right. and this is, I think, more rare, but it happens. I think, um, and the other reason is to let us know where we are in our relationship with God. It is, in the classic right. sense, a kind of a test, which right. it's, you know, when we hear that, it can almost sound manipulative, manipulative, but yeah. it's really not because all of us want to know, like, how much do I really love God? Well, God's giving you yeah. this opportunity to see. And here's the thing. When we fail in this, God isn't disappointed. He's not surprised. Yeah. He's teaching us about ourselves and where we're at. Exactly. And I would even, I know this isn't technically Ignatian, but I would even add a fourth category. Yeah, um, he would also allow this to be united more to his crucified oh, love. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's absolutely. And I, just, I mean, and the th- person I always think of right away is Mother Amen. Teresa. Yeah. Right. So it's this idea: you, there's nothing to work on. There, you actually, you know, maybe you've reached the heights of spiritual perfection. You don't love God for the gifts, but you love Him for Himself. Uh, you don't need to be tested anymore. But rather, you've proven your love so much that he draws you more intimately into his love. Yes, I think that I agree. But I also want to make something pretty clear. That, and you can tell me if you agree with this or mm-hmm. not. For most of us, that is not something we're going to experience. Exactly. To be perfectly honest. Yep. Like most of us are going to feel totally. desolation, not because we're Mother Teresa, yep. but because we're a bunch exactly. of jerks. Right? Okay. So I've done a lot of stuff on Mother mm-hmm. Teresa. And I will probably do one. We'll do a topic on oh, that'd her one because yeah. I'm I'm writing lots. I'm writing lots of talks on her right now for different retreats I'm doing. Um, and I people always say, "Oh yeah, it's so nice to see it in Mother Teresa, a saint who gets me." And I say, "She has something to teach us by her by her form of of loving God." But you're not Mother Teresa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you 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 still got a lot mm-hmm. of work to do. She was able to do this because by the age of 25, she had stopped thinking of self. Right. She was able, she was able, she reached the heights of spiritual perfection by the age of 25. Have you reached the heights of spiritual perfection yet? And they'll say, no. And I say, then you're not Mother Teresa. And what she experienced is different than what you're experiencing. It's a different form. It's desolation, but in a different exactly. way. And, and it's in this way, it's more of a purifying yes. for you. Um, and that's like just important to recognize that, you know, it can be very tempting because the spiritual life, it can be so intense. There's a temptation yeah. to dramatize it. And to make ourselves more yeah. into what we are, and you need to fight against yeah. that because that's a pride there, a spiritual exactly. pride. Um, exactly. That being yeah. said, that totally. being said, so I guess what we're learning from all this is that even desolation can be good for us. We can learn yeah. a lot. We can learn about um, okay, what was I doing that led me into desolation? Oh, I stopped praying that rosary. I keep using the rosary, but or you know what? Mm-hmm. That holy half hour I do every day during the week. I let go of that. And it's a mm-hmm. reminder, yep. okay. And throughout all of this, it's very important to remember that even though it feels like God is not there, he very much is. Mm-hmm. So when you're experiencing desolation, it's kind of like this. You are flying an airplane and you're completely in the clouds. There's total fog. Right. You don't know which way is up and which way is down because that's our feelings can so overwhelm us. So what do you do? Yep. You fly by your instruments. And the instruments are these rules. So it's not going to feel good, mm-hmm. but you look at the instruments and you fly by them. Okay. So what yep. can you do to work against this? One, keep doing whatever you're supposed to be doing. Like it, it's a yep. half hour of prayer or it's I do the little office to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Keep doing that. You work against it by praying a little bit more. And what I suggest is like if you pray a half hour a day, if you're in desolation, pray a half hour and one minute more. Pray mm-hmm. 31 yep. minutes. Because one... That's very ignition yes, of you. Because that one minute will be the most painful freaking minute in your life. But you're yep. not going to like 
torture yourself by doing like an entire hour if you can't handle that. Do you know that Ignatius actually suggests this in the exercises? Oh, that's probably where I got it from. Because I'm actually not that yeah, clever. Yeah. But it's a good suggestion. So there right. you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, also, remind yourself that, guys, if you're in desolation, if you're in desolation right now and you're listening to this, it's not going to last forever. It's just not. The devil wants you to think it's right. going to, but it's not. It's just going to be a little bit of yeah. time, you know? Even a couple of days, even a week, even if it's a month, it's, it's not going to last forever. So remind yourself right. that. That's not going to last forever. Yeah. Um, what's another way? Let's see. Let's look at the other ways. Um, yeah, remind yourself that, like, oh, look at... I mean, there's other things you can learn from this. Like, oh, realize who you are without those constellations. Like, oh, man, without these constellations, things are really difficult. And it's a good way to enter into that kind of humility. But remember, yeah. it's not going to last forever, okay? Yeah. Um, so those are kind of the big points. Um, yeah. Can I make please? one thing yeah, with yeah, yeah. the desolation, too? It's important to remember some people, they really do suffer from, like, clinical yeah, depression. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Clinical depression is not desolation. No. I mean, it's a des- desolating experience, but it's not a spiritual desolation. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a medical condition that you're going through, and um, that needs to be treated and needs spiritual care 100%, but it's not the same thing. And it's, and it's important for priests or people who are helping with spiritual direction to understand that too. Just because someone's feeling down doesn't necessarily mean it's desolation. If it's, you, know, you have to have the ears to hear if it's something more clinical. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, and that's the important thing. Like We're talking about spiritual consolation and spiritual desolation. Exactly. So exactly. the other day... When I ate 12 Oreos, double stuffed Oreos, that was a natural consolation. You know, naturally that made me just feel just great, at least at the moment, you know, until my sugar crash, which I felt a natural desolation after the sugar crash. Like sometimes you're just Mm -hmm. physically tired and you need to take care of yourself, okay? Now, another thing to realize Mm -hmm. is that sometimes those things can springboard into the spiritual. So let's say I'm outside. I see a nice sunset. It's lovely, lovely, lovely. I think, oh, isn't that nice? That's a natural constellation. But then I begin to think about, isn't it wonderful that God made this universe so that I could learn about how much he loves me? And all of a sudden, we enter in this kind of spiritual constellation. Exactly. And the opposite can happen, too. I just had a really terrible day at work, and I'm just drained. And I think about, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so tired. And you know what? I just want to watch Netflix all day. I don't want to pray at all. And all of a sudden, we we've been, we springboarded into desolation. So that's a thing that can happen as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's kind of a crash course. Do you have any final, final words on? You mentioned something yeah. earlier, and I think it's something I always say in confession to people. I said, if the voice in your head accuses you, it's not yeah. God. Yeah. And it's tough to believe that. It is not. It's hard it to believe that. True. I say, God accuses, God accuses sin. He doesn't yeah. accuse you. You are not your sin. And so when you are, maybe if you're going through desolation, those voices of accusation come up loud and strong. And I always say to people, you cannot listen to that voice. You have to, you have to dispel it right away because it's not God. And people find this a shock a lot of times. They say, wait, because they experience so much shame with that. And then they don't, they're not in the right place then to receive, to make that spiritual growth through the desolation. And so you have, I just say, it's something I just I scream from the rooftops almost it's like if it accuses it's not God God does not accuse there's only one person in the Bible who's named the accuser and that's Satan the devil and his minions and his workings in the world so it's not Mm -hmm. God and don't listen to it God and you know when you do the spiritual exercises now a lot of Jesuits do they start off with something that's actually not in the exercises Um, it's a meditation on God's love for you Mm. Because it's really needed nowadays. People struggle with this. So you actually take your first hour of meditation just saying, how does, who am I in God's image? And how am I loved by him? So that that's your starting place. That's, your, that's the kind of your defining point to know if this is from God or not. If this is, if this, and so it's always, your identity as a child of God is so essential. And it's something we can lose so easily today. Yeah. So. so this has piqued your interest. If this is something you want to dive more into, I'm going to suggest... Um, the book, it's called Discernment of Spirits, 
and it's by Timothy Gallagher. And it's uh, also Timothy Gallagher. He has you can, might be able to find him on the internet as well, giving lectures and stuff. He's excellent at teaching these things. So discernment of spirits by Timothy Gallagher. Yeah. He's a priest, and he's I mean the best teacher of this that I've ever encountered. I don't know if you heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you read yeah. his book, yeah. no, you'll I get have it. like six of yeah, his books. Like, great. I have like six mm-hmm. of his books. So he's he's really awesome. So yeah. well, there you go. Cool, cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today on clerically speaking please follow us on twitter and that's where we're most active at clerical pod on twitter you can also email us and we've been appreciating the feedback in the emails at clerically speaking uh sorry clerically speaking at gmail.com my twitter brain was you know working right uh leave us a review tell tell the reviewers on itunes and google play how wonderful we are and how excellent the voice of Father Anthony is and how okay the voice and the timber of Father Harrison is. Leave us a review. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Father Sharapa. That's spell out the word Father, S-C-I-A-R-A-P-P-A. And that's me. And you can follow me. And you can follow me, F.R. Harrison, at F.R. Harrison, Father Harrison, on Twitter as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to hit that intro music. Oh, you know what? The one thing that we left out. We don't yeah. have time for it. We're, we were going to have Tommy tie on, but we're just we're out of time. So we'll try. Sorry, we'll try Tommy. Next week. We'll try again next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. promise. Okay, we'll DM you. It'll be good. All right. God. Peace. Yeah. God bless you all.